All right, Central family, nice to see you today. Glad you're here and excited to be sort of wrapping up this teaching series. We've been talking about how do we move from the red financially, which usually means you're sort of overdrawn and overspent. You've got more money going out than coming in. You're stressed, you got pressure. Am I in your world yet? How do we move from the red to the black where we're not so stressed, we don't have so much pressure, we've got some margin, we're able to be generous, we're just in a different place when it comes to money and finance. We've been saying, hey, it is possible, but it's gonna take a plan and a mindset shift, and we've been kind of unpacking that over the last several weeks. And I'm excited to talk to you today because I wanna talk to you about how to open yourself up to be more blessed by God. Who wants to be more blessed by God? All right, come on. I mean, we all wanna be more blessed by God, but there are ways we can sort of open ourselves up to experience more of God's blessing. Because I think sometimes what happens is our lives are sort of like a Heinz 57 bottle. Uh, I, I don't, any ketchup fans? Who, who loves ketchup? All right, I love, I love ketchup. But here's the thing, you're at a restaurant, you grab a Heinz 57 bottle, and you turn it upside down, and sometimes nothing comes out. It's not flowing. It's like bottlenecked right up in here, right? It's stuck. And so you got, some, you got some options. You know, one option is you, you hit the bottom. How many of you are, are bottom hitters? Right, you hit the bottom. All right, the other option is you, sh you, you start shaking. Right, any, any shakers out there? That's messy now, that's shaking. It's the back fly, right? It can, it can, it can go everywhere. Now some of you are, are, are much more civilized than the rest of us. You take a knife. How many of you are the knife people, right? And you, you slide a knife up in there and you open it up and you get that thing flowing again. But did you know that if you contact Heinz, they actually have a way that you can get the ketchup flowing freely from the Heinz bottle. So if you look at every Heinz bottle, uh, like right here, you can barely see it on this bottle, there's an, a little indent right there and it says 57. And what you do is you find the 57 indent and you tap on the 57 thing and then it flows. <laughs> You're welcome giving you the big nuggets right here at Central, man. We're dropping the truth bombs. Left she th they think I'm joking. I, you can, well, you can't even really see it, but you could feel it. So uh, anyway, it's there. It says 5-7 right there. You just find it on the bottle. They go, I just stick with the plastic squeeze bottles, and then you're good, right? Most of us. But here's, here's the reason I bring that up, because I, I think in my own life, sometimes I become a bottleneck to God's blessing. Look, I believe God wants to bless you. I believe he wants to bless his people. I believe he's a God whose primary sort of first default mode is to bless. Now, come on, that is good news, that we have a God that loves to take care of his kids, loves to provide for his kids. He wants to bless you with the things that money can't buy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. He wants to bless you with the things the money can buy. Uh, security from a house point of view, car, friendship. Look, God wants to bless you in every way for your good and the purpose that he has for your life. I believe that with all of my heart. But I also believe that I'm probably not experiencing the full blessing of God in my life like I could because I bottleneck some things. <laughs> I can't get out of my own way, right? So that might be my pride. Come on, somebody. That might be my selfishness. That could be my greed. That could be uh, my, my sin pattern in my life that's blocking the flow of God's blessing in my life. It could be the, the way I'm 
dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, the Bible says the devil wants to get a foothold in your heart and in mine, and one of the primary ways he does is through bitterness and unforgiveness. Did you ever think about this? Your bitterness and your unforgiveness, even to the person who deserves it, could be what's holding off the blessing of God flowing more freely into your life. It could be bottlenecking the blessing. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. You know, salvation is the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. The way you receive salvation is you simply believe and trust in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. You don't earn it. You don't have to achieve it. We're talking about something else. You receive all the spiritual blessings that God offers in Jesus Christ through faith, and it's free to you. But on the other side of salvation... When we're talking about maximizing the blessings that God could continue to pour into our life, how we manage ourselves has a lot to do with when we're ready to manage the more that God may want to distribute into our, into our life for his glory and for his purpose. And so when it comes to that part of my life, sometimes I can be the bottleneck. So I wanna talk today about how we can open things up spiritually, if you will, and maximize God's blessing in our heart and in our life. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling a story, and he talks about a master who uh, leaves his servants, uh, each with some of his money and resources, and he goes away for a long time. And the whole idea is that the servants are to manage and invest what the master leaves for them. And so when he comes back after a long time, some of those servants do turn those investments into profit. They do really well. They manage what the master gave them well. And so here's what we read. We'll bring this up on the screen. This is Matthew 25, 23. And the way we do this at Central, we'll just, uh, I'll read, um, read it off the screen when we get to the highlighted words. Uh, read those out loud with me. It says, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you what? Many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now just look at that. He says, um, so now I will give you many more. Like some of you, you're praying for more. You're praying that God will bless you with more influence or more impact or, or more romance. Some of you are praying for more kids. Some of you are wondering how you got the kids you already got. How do you subtract? You know, like, you know, so, so, some, of, some of you are praying for more money, for, for, for more space, for your growing family, for those that you love. Some of you, you're praying for, for more as it relates to your work or your job or your career. But, and it's okay to pray for more, but don't, don't miss this. In Jesus' story, what led to more was what? being faithful with the small you were first given. You see that? Listen, you maximize tomorrow's blessing with today's faithfulness. You maximize tomorrow's blessing with today's faithfulness. You manage it well. In other words, you manage the small blessing God gives you well. You prepare yourself to be able to manage the larger blessing you may be praying for. And so I want to talk to you about how we can open up the flow of God's blessing. And the first lesson is this. Go big with your little. <laughs> Go big with your little. So when I was a kid growing up, my mom made these apple pie burritos. And they're just like, just imagine apple pie, in a, but it's portable. It's in a burrito form. 
And uh, so she would freeze them. And I remember she'd tell me this story. I was a little bitty, but she was getting really bothered because every time she made these apple pie burritos, they would like disappear. She would freeze some for later, go to the freezer, and they'd all be gone. And so my oldest brother was in high school. She started blaming him. He's like, I didn't do anything, man. I'm not even home, you know? My dad's like, it wasn't me. It's, you know, it's never me. You always blame me. And one day she just sort of stood in the back and watched me. She said, Judd, you were so little, you, you couldn't like string sentences together. I mean, you were little bitty, right? Running around like a toddler, you know? And you, you, she goes, you walked into the living room and you did this. <laughs> this was a sign for later. It was gonna get worse, mom. And then you walked into the kitchen and she said, it took, you had to pull with both hands. You could barely reach the handle. You'd pull and pull and pull and break the seal on that freezer door and open it. And reach up with everything you had. You'd get to one of those apple burritos and you'd pull it out. And she said, you close the free. She said, at this point, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, he could barely walk. How can he open the freezer and get the apple pie burritos out? And then she goes, and then you totally blew my mind. You grabbed the chair, you pulled it over to the microwave, because we ain't done yet, and then you like start climbing up on the chair, you eventually get on top of it, and you open the microwave, and you stick that thing in there. You don't know how to run a microwave. She goes, you shut the door, you turn it, just like you'd watched us do, and you hit the button. Turned it, by the way, because it's an old microwave. And you waited a minute, you know, and then eventually you just push the thing open, and she goes, and then, you climbed down off the chair, you had the burrito in your hand, set the burrito down on the floor, grabbed the chair, put the chair back just right so that nobody knew you were there, went back, grabbed that little burrito, and went running out of the room. My mom, man, she must have seen it, so you're either gonna be a criminal or a pastor. I'm not sure what's gonna happen, but it ain't right, what, just what's going on right here, you know? Didn't bode well for me as a teenager, I'll tell you that, I got all kinds of trouble. But I grew up in a world as a little kid where I felt like apple pie was there for the taking. All you had to do was get to the freezer and you could have an apple pie burrito and it would taste amazing. It was a good world. All of these blessings were flowing. And I think, I don't know what your earlier childhood memories are like. Some might be good, some might be bad or tough. But I think Adam's early childhood memory, if you will, would be like that. Because when you read through the Bible, God created Adam and Eve. You read in the very first chapter that he created the whole world. He creates Adam and Eve. And then the very first thing that God actually says to Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. He says, you better be good. No, that's not what he says. Here's what he says. <laughs> Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them. He blessed them. The bear, God's default mode is to bless. Then he said this, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> God's default mode is to bless his kids. That's his default mode. He, he wants to bless his children. In fact, if you read the early chapters of Genesis, Adam and Eve, they, they're made in the image of God. They, they have meaning. They have work in the garden. They have purpose. They have all the things, right? God's presence is there with them like God wants to bless his people. Now, what we often do is we sort of jump ahead of chapter 
two and three, and, and we talk about when Adam and Eve eat from the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, and God kicks them out of the garden, and, and people tend to get this idea that, uh, because that's what we call the original sin, by the way. People get the idea that like God is all about judgment and, and you know, uh, kind of pushing us out, if you will, based on our sins. But before the original sin, there is the original blessing. And while sin is real in our world, and we all live with the consequences of it every day, and heaven is the hope for the day when sin is finally um, you know, destroyed as we've known it in our world, and, and we finally are kind of reunited like in the beginning in the garden, while all of that can be true, I still believe that God is the God that we meet in Genesis 1 who wants to bless his people. And I think he wants to pour his blessing out on you and your life. And to prepare for that, you just gotta manage the little that God brings into your life. And to help you with that, I put a little chart together up here. Check out the screen. Um, on this screen, we have two charts. The scarcity cycle over here in red and the abundance cycle over here in blue. These are two very different ways of kind of looking at the world and life and time and talent and money and everything. Under the scarcity cycle, it starts with you. Life is about um, you taking care of your needs and those around you. And you wanna get this pie. <laughs> Here we are with apple pie again. And the pie sort of represents like everything you want. Love, money, relationships, resources, stuff, all the things that you might be praying for. This is what you, and the thought under the scarcity cycle is there's only so much of the pie, right? There's, there's a limited amount. So you have to fight and scrap and go to school and work hard and claw your way to get your piece of the pie. Woo, got my piece of the pie. But the problem is, as soon as you get your piece of the pie, here comes everybody wanting your piece of the pie. Your friends, your kids, your neighbors, your you know, family member, your issues. You know, all, all, everybody wants your time, your talent, your stuff. And then pretty soon you get to a place where all you have left is crumbs, right? So now it's all on you again. Like you gotta go back, you gotta hustle, you gotta work because there's only so much pie. You gotta keep your competitors and your enemies away so that you can get more pie. And then when you get your pie, you gotta fight with all you have to keep everybody's greedy hands off of it so there's something actually left at the end. Does this relate to anybody? This is where a lot of us live. But I think this kind of living, this kind of mentality is the reason it's red. It keeps you in the red, overdrawn and overspent and stressed out and exhausted. But there's another way to live. And as followers of Jesus, this is a more biblical way to live. It's what we might call the abundance cycle. The abundance cycle starts with God. It says God owns it all. God's got everything. In fact, all the pie in the world is God's pie. And God can give me everything I need. And I still gotta hustle and work, but God's providing for me. God's watching my back. I'm not alone in the universe. It's not all about me and what I can do. I don't have to fight and scrap. And God is gonna fight for me and work in my life, and he's gonna bless me. And then when he blesses me with time and talent and energy and money and stuff, I freely share that with my loved ones, my family, my friends, my church, people that have need. I freely share that. And then at the end, I'm gonna come up empty, but that's okay because God will then replenish to me, even 
even more, and then I will bless others. So, so the scarcity cycle starts with you, and it sees other people like competitors or even enemies, right? But the abundance cycle starts with God. It's about him, and other people aren't my competitors or enemies. Other people are my ministry. God's gonna provide for me so that I can provide for them and help them. And then here's, the, here's a principle to hang on to. Look, God's blessings, the amount of blessings that you allow God to flow through you will often be directly connected to the amount of blessings that flow to you. The amount of blessings you allow God to flow through you will often be directly connected to the amount of blessings God flows to you. Because God blesses you to be a blessing. I always say God blesses you to be a bridge, right? To share the blessing and bless others. He doesn't bless you to be a cul-de-sac. Oh, man, good to be blessed. Down here on Easy Street in my cul-de-sac. He blesses you, and it can make, bring comfort into your life and joy. As long as you remember the giver and stay focused on blessing others, you can live in the abundance cycle. This is the stressed way. This is the blessed way. And so one of the ways we embrace the abundance cycle is we start managing what God has given us well. The story in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, about a widow who goes to the prophet Elisha because her husband served Elisha and her husband had passed away and you know this widow's in a tough situation. They had family debt and the creditors come and they want to take her two kids and basically enslave them to work off the debt. So creditors, man, that's a whole different world. It's not like, you know, now they harass you on the phone. Back then, man, they want to like, you're going to work it off, right? So Elisha's, so this widow goes to Elisha and says, help us. You got to help us. My husband served you. Now he's dead. You know, I got all this debt. And interesting, Elisha says, well, what do you have? You know, he he forces her to first look at the little she has. She says, "I, I have a flask of oil. He says, all right, go to your family, your friends, get as many jars as you can, empty jars, and then gather them all here. So she goes, she gets all the empty jars, all the family, friends, you know, it's a big, it's a big yard sale, okay? Everybody sort of pulls their stuff together. They bring all the jars over, and then he tells her, he says, now pour the oil into one jar. So she pours it into a jar, it fills up, and there's still more in the flask. He goes, now pour it into the next jar. Pour it in the next jar. You see where this is going, right? Pour it in the next jar, pour it in the next jar. I mean, it's getting better and better and better, right? Hey, man, the oil keeps coming. And so here's what we get to. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. Heck yeah, she did. She's like, keep them coming. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil, what? Stopped. Flowing. Here's, I want you to see a couple things. First of all, God provided for her need. Uh, she was able to sell that oil. She was able to keep her kids um, out of being sold off to the creditors, keep her family intact. God provided for her need. But you ever think about this? As I'm reading this story, it strikes me like what limited her capacity to be blessed even more is she ran out of jars. You know, sometimes we're praying for God to bless us, but we don't have the ability spiritually to contain the blessing that he might pour out in our lives. Some of us are praying that God will bless us with success, but it's not helpful to be blessed with success if your success takes you where your character can't sustain you. Right? 
Sometimes you're, sometimes we're praying that, you know, that God will bless us with more. We talked last week about how every blessing also has a burden. And, you know, maybe God hasn't blessed us with the more we're praying for because we're not yet ready to carry the burden that comes with the blessing. I don't know. I just, there's a lot. Maybe God wants to bless us with more, but we've yet to be faithful with the little he's given us. And we're sort of childishly playing around with these petty grievances and jealousy and bitterness and pride and attacking others and tearing others down everywhere we go. And God wants to give us more, richer, more full life, but we're not ready yet because we're not managing well what he's already given us and put in our life. So you maximize tomorrow's blessing with today's faithfulness. And if you want to be blessed with more, It's okay to pray for more. It's okay to ask God for more. But don't miss the opportunity to look at your life, for me to look at my life and say, God, how can I manage better what you've already given me? Uh, Is there something in my life that I need to deal with? Somebody I need to forgive? A sin area in my life that I need to face off with? A relationship that, that I need to get honest about? Is there something I need to deal with so that your blessing can flow more Uh, freely in my life so that it doesn't get sort of bottlenecked by my own stuff. Here's another thought, is if we wanna maximize God's blessing, not only go big with your little, but but flip your blessing, flip your blessing. Uh, Dave Ramsey on Facebook, the financial guru guy, asked this question. I thought it was a a pretty interesting question. He said, uh, what's one piece of advice you wish you could tell your younger self about money? Think about that, like, if you could go back to your younger self, what would you tell yourself about money? People had some different comments, right? One, one person said, I, I would tell myself, invest in Amazon. <laughs> right, and one day they're gonna rule the world, you know, like what, whatever, but we, we have a lot of thoughts. One person said, I'd tell myself the quickest way to get a raise is spend less. <laughs> there you go, got silent there for a minute. All right, here's what somebody else said. I love this, this is my favorite. My younger self wouldn't have listened to anything I have to say now. I'm still trying to get my older self to listen to what I know now. How many of you agree with that, right? 100%. I read that, I'm like, amen. And that is my problem in a nutshell, right? I, you know, money stuff is rarely about math, but more about mentality and habits that get entrenched in our life and just, getting in our own way. And I'm sympathetic, because I can be the same way. But what would I tell my younger self? I'd tell myself, flip the blessing. Flip the blessing. And what I mean by that is, whatever you wanna get out of life, young Judd, don't wait for that to happen. Do it for other people now. Flip the blessing. In other words, If you want other people to treat you with kindness and respect, don't wait for that to happen. Flip the blessing and start treating other people with kindness and respect now in your life. If you want other people to show more grace and mercy towards you in your life, flip the blessing and start making an effort to show grace and mercy towards others in their life. If you want more money and resources in your life, flip the blessing and be generous towards God and others in your life. If you want more success and more influence, 
flip the blessing and help other people succeed and help other people's influence rise. And here's why I think that's so important. Because if you flip the blessing and you begin to do it, what happens is you are now planting seeds in your life that represent the very things that you hope for as a follower of Christ. And what will happen over time is the Bible says what you sow, you will reap. And eventually, <coughs> it will come back to you. You can flip the blessing. It's not karma. Some people think it sounds a lot like karma, you know, whatever you sort of put out in the universe. In your fifth life, it'll come back to you, you just won't know it. It's not karma. It's the biblical principle of sowing and reaping planting and harvesting. And so we want to plant good in our life. And here's what will happen. You start planting good. You flip the blessing in your life. I want people to treat me with kindness and respect. And you immediately step out, even though people may have discriminated against you or looked down on you or, or not treated you with respect. So you start treating everybody with kindness and respect. And you would think, man, I'm doing it. Then people are immediately going to respect you. But what you're going to find is probably the first person that comes up to you once you make that commitment is going to be mean. But you got to stay with it. It's a long road. And you keep planting love and goodness and kindness and respect towards other people. You can't control how other people respond to you, but you can flip the blessing and bless others anyway. You can flip the blessing and love others anyway. You can flip the blessing and help others succeed anyway. And you position yourself to reap love and goodness and kindness and blessing in your life may not happen immediately, but I believe God has wired it into the universe over time. The law of sowing, the law of reaping. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, there is a moral arc to the universe. And in some seasons, that arc may feel incredibly long, but it bends toward justice because God himself put it there. And so, in the midst of our journey, whatever we're wrestling with, whatever we want to get back, plan it in your own life. That's what I'd tell my younger self. Flip the blessing. Flip the blessing. Jesus says this in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It's more what? Blessed to give than to receive. We always think the blessing is about what we can get. More time, more money, more energy, more love, more romance, more fulfillment, more success, more, more health, more whatever, right? And, and I get that, but Jesus is saying it's most blessed in our lives, right? He doesn't say it's better to give than receive. He says it's more blessed to give than receive. In other words, when God blesses you in your life and then you bless others out of your life, now you get the double blessing. You get the blessing of receiving and then the blessing of giving. Then you get the blessing of receiving and the blessing of giving in your life. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, check it out. The generous will prosper. Those who what? Refresh others will themselves be refreshed. How many of you wanna be refreshed? Oh, yeah. I'm down with that. I want to be refreshed because some of you are like, I'm tired. I got kids. I'm tired. Work's exhausting. I'm tired. I got school. It's wearing me out. All the things coming at me like Netflix. It's exhausting. There's too much. Too many options. Too many things, right? I'm tired of being tired. Everybody tired of being tired? You know what I'm saying? So, so you want to be refreshed. Well, how do you get refreshed? Well, Proverbs gives us this counterintuitive perspective. It says, you want to be refreshed, refresh others. 
Refresh others, and then you will be refreshed. It says the generous will prosper. You know what we always tend to think? We always tend to think that those who prosper should be generous, right? Or the rich, they should be generous. Or uh, the person that has incredible talent, they should be generous with their talent, right? The person that has tons of time, they should be generous with their time. But what's interesting is the Bible, again, is flipping the blessing, right? It's like, no, no, no. Those who are generous prosper. Some of us in our lives, we've never really taken steps towards being generous in the financial area of our lives. And the reality is that we're bottlenecked and we remain bottlenecked. And it's frustrating and hard and drives us crazy. And you gotta be at a place on the spiritual journey where you're ready to hear this, but I wanna share with you that if you are willing, that you may be praying for God to open his hand and God may be waiting on you to open your hand. And then he can pour the blessing out in your life. And then you can bless others out of your life. And then he can pour more blessing in your life. Then you can bless more people out of your life. Then he can pour more blessing in your life. But if you think it's all about being a cul-de-sac, that it all ends with you, you're not ready for more of the blessing. And so when it comes to money and stuff, we have a lot of feelings and emotions and opinions and struggles. But I think a simple way to think about it is this. Some of you, uh, you're here today, and when it comes to finances, you're, you're, you're spontaneously generous. Like somebody has a need, you give to that need. You know, somebody's hurting, you give to help those people. We have an initiative at church, you give to support that initiative. And that's, it's great. It's important to be generous from a spontaneous standpoint. But there's another sort of category we here at Central might call generosity rock star. And this is just somebody that's made a commitment to not just be spontaneously generous with what God has provided for them in their life, but to be more consistently generous. Like you said, hey, I'm gonna do this on an ongoing, regular basis. This is gonna become part of what I do with what God blesses me with in my life. And then there's another category of people that, that have grown in their faith to a place where they become percentage givers, and they actually say, like, I'm, I'm gonna work towards a tithe, giving 10%, and, and really allowing God to, to work in that and bless me in my life, and they're looking out at the beginning of the year and looking out at their resources and estimating what they might bring in and, and estimating how much they're gonna give to God, and they're doing it with great intentionality, right, and faith. They're percentage givers, and then there's still another category that we might call sacrificial givers, and these are people, people that realize, like, 10% is the floor but it's not the ceiling, you know, on this, on the whole generosity thing. As I grow in my generosity, especially people with the spiritual gift of giving, they think, my brother's like this, man. He's always thinking about how I give more away. To, the, to my sister-in-law, is driving her insane. Because she's thinking about how we're gonna eat, right? But that's how he's wired. I have a friend uh, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, he told me that his goal, because he has this spiritual gift, his goal was to give away 90% of his income and live on 10%, <laughs> which, by the way, nowhere in the Bible does it really tell us that we need to do that, okay? Everybody take a deep breath, relax. <laughs> but that's what he felt led to do. No, no, he just like, he wanted to do that. He's like, God's blessed me so much. He's very good at business and had had quite a bit of success already, and, and he was giving away 20, 30% of his income at the time already, like significant, right? And so I just got a front row seat over the last basically 17 years to watch this guy 
Be blessed by God and bless others. Be blessed by God and bless others. He went through some leaner years, and some of those leaner years, he went through some really hard years. He continued to choose to give, even though it impacted his standard of living as he knew it, right? Like, that's just who he was, what he wanted to do. But I'm here to tell you, um, as right about two years ago, he told me that he had made it to the level where that, that year was the first year he lived on 10% of his income and gave 90% away. Now, <laughs> the caveat is what this guy earns for 10% of his income is more than most of us make in this room. But it's interesting. I just got this front row seat with somebody that I actually know who had this crazy idea that he believes God planted in his heart. God, what God can bless through you is awfully, often connected to what God will bless to you, right? And so he, he's living proof. God just keeps blessing, and he keeps blessing, and God keeps blessing, and he keeps blessing. And so for some of us, this is not an appeal to get your money. I'm encouraging you to open up the bottleneck in your finances, in your relationship with God, and maybe consider where you're at in one of these categories, and think about what it would look like for you to maybe move up a step and grow in your generosity financially, because we're talking about being back in black, and I actually think that's one of the most important things we can open up to open up God's blessing flowing into our life. We also talked about the importance of saving and having a plan. And March 1, we have a great seminar right here called Financial Peace University. And I want to encourage you if you need help financially, uh, it's a great seminar to learn all kinds of practical resources for how to manage money and stuff in your life. You can download the central app and register right there, or you could check with somebody in the lobby. But if we can help you begin to figure out a budget for your life, a spending plan, help you get a framework to get some savings put back, to have a longer-term perspective, then, man, that course will be excellent at doing that. It's coming up March 1. Make sure to check that out. March 1 is today. <laughs> it's coming up today. What service is this? My third service, second this morning. All right, moving. So grab a quick lunch, come back, all right? It's on. I've been talking about it so long, I forgot when it's happening. Um, maybe you're here today, and maybe God's been tapping you on the shoulder, calling you to, to lean into him and respond to him in your own heart and life, and you know, if that's where you're at, the greatest blessing you can receive, the greatest blessing you can ever receive is a relationship with God. And that's the blessing that will be the domino to affect all other blessings in your life. It'll change how you relate to stuff. It'll change how you view your stress and pressure in life. It'll change how you're used to impact other people and touch their heart and their life. It's the most important. And so I wanna encourage you, if God's tapping you on the shoulder, if you've never crossed that line of faith, I'd love to introduce you to a relationship with Jesus. And you can begin that journey by repeating a simple prayer after me. Would all of you please bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're ready to take that step, just repeat after me. Say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus in the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. 
in Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I wanna ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just make eye contact with me, just to say before God, say to me, you're gonna follow him in your life today. God bless you guys. Just reach out to him today. God bless you. Thank 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 you. God, we love you. I thank you for each person reaching out to you. I pray you'll fill them with your love and your goodness. Work in their life. Do what only you can do. God, thank you for Jesus and all that he means to us. In Christ's name, amen. Well, let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life. And I'm gonna ask all of you to please stand together with me, if you would. If you made a spiritual commitment in your life, we'd love to put some resources in your hand after our experience. You can just go by the New Beginnings area. Uh, we'd love to give you this little book we've created called How to Follow Jesus. Be super helpful to you, uh, as well as a little cross pendant to mark this moment, something to hang on to, to remember this was the day that you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. So make sure to swing by our New Beginnings area, grab some of those resources. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Nick now. He's got a final thought for us. Thank you, Pastor Judd. Yes, here's the deal. We are wrapping up our Back in Black series. And what that means is over the last four weeks, we've gotten a lot of great biblical knowledge and wisdom and teaching on how we can bring finances to our personal life, financial health. I think all of us in this room could admit that finances can be a struggle. And so here's the deal. All the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the... All the uh, Basically, the willingness to do it can amount to nothing if we don't just take action. So there's ways that you can take action, that you can take these next steps today. If you wanna open yourself up for that blessing, not be your own bottleneck, our Generosity Rockstar team is out in the lobby at a Generosity Rockstar booth. They can help you take those next steps. They can give you one of these t-shirts to remind you that your generosity is going to rescue others. So make sure to stop out there, see them right after this experience. Get back next week. I'm not gonna ruin any surprises, but you don't wanna miss it. But between now and then, hold on to Romans 8. If God is for us, who could be against us? Keep showing up.